Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. And good morning and welcome once again to Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. The city of McKeesport has a new fire chief. He is Jeff List. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, Jason. Uh, you were just appointed uh, fire chief, what, January 1st? January 1st, yeah, new position. New, new, new position for you. How long have you been a firefighter? Uh, I've been a firefighter for the city of McKeesport for uh, 16 years, seven of which have been a captain. Uh, but I also was a firefighter prior to that in the uh, the Marine Corps and also down at Wilkinsburg. It's kind of an interesting story. I mean, I was born in McKeesport Hospital, raised in the city, grew up here uh, in the city. In high school, I really had no desire to be a firefighter or pursue that type of job field. Uh, I actually was in the flight and uh, got my pilot's license when I was in high school. And Oh, wow. Yeah, and from there, actually, uh, I had no interest at the time to go to college, so I, I joined the service, went in the Marine Corps, and enlisted. And uh, the way the Marine Corps did it at the time, they, they would allow you to pick one of four fields. And I qualified for, like, flight-type schools, which would be navigator, radio operator, that kind of stuff on cargo aircraft. Okay. I really was interested in. One of the fields was firefighting. And I remember my recruiter saying, don't worry about that. You know, you scored really well. And even though it's in that field, you know, no worries. You'll, uh, you'll get one of these flight jobs. So you go through Paris Island, did all the training, and, and made it through that stuff. And uh, I get to my uh, next duty station, and I get my orders, and they said, uh, I remember the sergeant saying, you're going to be a crispy critter. <laughs> and I said, crispy critter. And uh, the guy standing next to me says, I think you're a fireman. So, and that's the field I got into. I was actually a uh, pilot rescue aircraft firefighter on a, an airfield for uh, F-18 squadron. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it ended up, I really enjoyed the field, uh, fell in love with the job. Uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, pursued a degree in fire science, and uh, it began testing, civil service testing in the area. Got a job with Wilkinsburg Fire Department. Uh, and while I was there, I still continued to test for Mount Lebanon, City McKeesport, different places. And uh, I got a job opportunity to come back home. And here we go, 16 years later, I'm the chief. How, how long were you in the service? Uh, I did one enlistment. I was actually in just over two years where I had received an injury. I fell off one of the rest of trucks. And uh, was actually discharged with a medical. Mm. So I was in uh, almost three years. And, and you said you went for a degree in fire science. Where was that at? Fire science administration went through uh, community college. Okay. We're, we're talking with Jeff List. He's the new fire chief in the city of McKeesport. What appealed to you about the job? You said you kind of fell in love with it. What appealed to you? Well, at the time of the service, it was the excitement about being around the aircraft, which I always had a love for. And uh, we did some, but very little structural type firefighting that you see you know, on the civilian side. Uh-huh. And uh, I still, I had the interest of seeing what the job was about and uh, uh, joined a volunteer company in White Oak. Mm. And uh, they sent me through some essentials of firefighting and hazardous material and pump operators and got to learn more about what it was like fighting house fires and building fires compared to aircraft. I just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the job and, uh, you know, the demands. And, you know, one of the greatest things about it is people are always happy to see you uh, arrive on scene. You know, someone's in uh, a need of help whatever the situation is, and you're there to solve that problem and make life better. So, I mean, there are circumstances where you get to, and that's not always the case. But, you know, fortunately, that's few and far between. Most of the time, you're able to have a successful uh, call 
and, and good results. And I just enjoyed that part of the job is helping people every day. Any other firefighters in your family or anybody else in uh, public service in your family? Not really. I had a cousin uh, from North Huntington. This is going back when I was a kid. He was a volunteer at uh, Circleville, sure. North Huntington. But besides that, no, they really didn't have any firefighters or, or you know, anyone that, uh, you know, I wanted to be like my uncle or my dad or anyone like that. It just uh, kind of happened with the military, and, and it, it's amazing how, you know, past change through your life and opportunities show, and you end up falling in a career that you never thought you'd, you'd turn out to be. What's your first big fire that you remember? I know if you, you talk to some of the guys who have retired from the McKeesport Department, of course, uh, a lot of them remember the, the big fire in 1976 in McKeesport. What was your first big fire as a working firefighter? Well, there were several, and there's, uh, there's in 16 years, you, you know, I've seen a lot, and I remember one of the guys that he's, he's since retired, he was my first deputy chief. Uh, Randy Dry, he says, you know, you yeah. need to start a log and a personal journal. He says, you will do and see things, uh, you know, throughout your career that, you know, as time goes by, you, you don't remember all the details. And I kind of like, yeah, yeah, young guy, yeah, whatever you say. And I never did, but there are so many calls that, uh, you know, that where you've either made a rescue or you've helped someone out or even a simple thing. Uh, I had a carbon monoxide call last year. It was up on Romine Street. Mm-hmm. There's an elderly woman. She was in her late 80s. And lived by herself, a widow, and uh, she had a carbon monoxide detector go off. So we went up to check the meter of the house to see if there was any, uh, you know, danger. And it turned out not to be. But I spent an hour up there just talking to this woman about, you know, fire safety and the importance of, you know, hey, don't hesitate to call 911. It seems that's a new trend that we're seeing that people are afraid to call 911. Really? What are they afraid of, do you think? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's a, an authority thing that, that, that folks are afraid of or... Uh, if they're going to get in trouble or charged for services rendered, I'm not sure. But, you know, we see more and more house fires where uh, folks trying to put the fire out themselves, which delays the response because they're not calling 911, or we're not getting, being called at all. And you find out about an incident, you know, days after. Uh, and, and it's really a discouraging trend because, uh, you know, a fire can grow in a matter of minutes. You can fill, fill a whole house with smoke, and a house can be engulfed in flames in a matter of minutes. And that time is so important to get help on the road and the equipment needed to, you know, contain that fire that minutes are so important. Call 911 right away, get out of the house, and get help on the way. It's, you know, it's the most important thing you can do. Our guest this morning on Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com is Jeff List. He's the new chief of the McKeesport Fire Department. Chief, if there's, uh, if, if people have a non-emergency question to ask the fire department, uh, where should they call or where should they get information? You can call the uh, McKeesport Fire Station, uh, 412-675-5021. It's 412-675-5021. Uh, our stations are manned 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, now we, except when they're out on calls or doing inspections or maintenance or pre-planning or training, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, someone's at that station is going to answer the call. And uh, if not, I mean, there's a voicemail. Definitely leave a message. We'll get back to you. And, and that's definitely that's for a non-emergency call. Obviously, if it's an emergency call, they need to call 911. Absolutely, absolutely. And that happens where we get a call into the station. Just last week, we had a kitchen fire. Uh, a woman called in the station says, I think my kitchen's on fire. You know, what should I do? <laughs> <laughs> Hang up and, and get a, call 911 and get out of the house. As, absolutely. And, and the reason that is is because you want to call 911. Even though you directly called in the station, yeah. when you call 911, not only do they dispatch the fire department so you have the equipment responding, but at the same time they have medical, the EMS are going to be on the way, the police are on the way, all the services that you need to come and respond immediately. 
it's the one-stop shop where you can get all those services coming to your home right away. And by calling the station, you know, yeah, okay, you say the fire's up toward Renzi Park. You're calling the number one station. Well, then these right. guys are on the radio uh, calling uh, the Renzi Park house, firehouse. Hey, we got a fire on Dalton Street, whatever the street is out that way. Yeah. It really delays the response. Absolutely. Call 911. That's, that's the best way to go about any emergency. Uh, how many firefighters are there in the McKeesport Fire Department? Currently, we have 21 full-time guys and uh, 10 part-time. And, and about... Roughly, this doesn't have to be an exact number, but about how many calls uh, do you respond to in a year? Uh, over a thousand a year, and it varies year to year. Uh, you know, you factor in actual working fires, car accidents, carbon monoxide calls, uh, false alarms, any combination. Uh, so you get a wide variety. And, and you know, when you come into work every day, you never know what to expect. Some days, you know, you may only have a call. Other days, you might have five calls. So it's it's really hit or miss with that. But uh, yeah, over a thousand uh, is about our average. That's that's uh, running an average of about three a day. Then that's correct, and that doesn't count doing inspections. Those don't generate a call uh, volume or a, uh, a being generated as being as a call when we go out to do these inspections or if we're out of the station doing a pre-plan or something along those lines. Those are just actual fire or emergency calls. We're, we're talking with Chief Jeff List. He's the new fire chief of the McKeesport City Fire Department. We're going to take a quick 30-second break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask you about some of the challenges that an older city like McKeesport uh, presents in terms of fire service. You're listening to Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. <laughs> City Online has reached a critical point in our history where we need to raise money from the public to continue providing information both online and on the radio. If you can help by making a donation, we would very much appreciate it. Go to our website, TubeCityOnline.com, and click the Donate button. And thanks for supporting independent media in the Monoc area. Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. Talking to Jeff List. He's the new chief of the McKeesport Fire Department. Their non-emergency number for questions uh, is 412-675-5021. If you have an emergency, a fire emergency, uh, as the chief says, please call 911. What are you, you were talking, before we took that break, you were talking about some of the non-emergency things uh, that the fire department does. Tell me about inspections. What sorts of inspections does the fire department do? Uh, we conduct all the occupancy inspections for the city. Okay. Occupancy. Mm-hmm. Occupancy inspection. So what that entails is anytime there's a change of ownership for a property, we'll go in and we inspect the house uh, per the International Fire Code. And, and what we look for is, is pretty much safety items. We're not electrical inspectors. We're not uh, building code. Uh, we're looking for GFIs near water sources, proper gas shutoffs near appliances, you know, the stove, your furnace, your water heater, uh, windows open properly, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide, uh, address signs. Uh, those are some of the most common things that you find discrepancies with. But our main thing is, is safety, is abiding by the code. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the smoke detectors, yeah. and, and that's uh, one of the most common questions is, uh, you know, we all know smoke detectors save lives. You know, you should change the batteries twice a year. When you change the clock, switch out the battery in those smoke detectors. They're very important. But people ask, where do you put your smoke detectors? Yeah. What the code states is you should have one located on each level of your home, and then also to include one in each bedroom, which sounds pretty simple. But what you run into is sometimes with uh, uh, elderly folk, maybe they have a two-bedroom or a two-story home, and they actually converted their dining room into a bedroom. Well, at that point, it's no longer technically it's a dining room, but it's being utilized as a bedroom. 
you want a smoke detector in there. You want that early warning that's going to notify of any hazards, any dangers as far as smoke, because it does. Fires can escalate so fast, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's there's videos on YouTube you can watch, but in yeah. a matter of minutes, uh, you know, a whole room can be engulfed. So it's very critical that those smoke detectors are placed properly. I, I saw one of those consumer uh, advocacy or consumer reports type videos recently where they were testing the fire retardants of um, upholstered furniture. And uh, within, they, they had one uh, couch there that was labeled as fire retardant, but it was not, to make a mm-hmm. long story short. Um, and uh, within four or five minutes, the entire room had flashed over just from a cigarette left burning on a on a upholstered piece of furniture that was not and fire that, retardant. That's exactly it. You know, furniture is not made the way it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago, where you had wood and, and metal. Everything's made out of plastics now. And they're, they're much more combustible. They give off much more heat and much more toxic gases. And, uh, you know, that's just a society, and that's, you know, where we are with things. That's how things are manufactured. It's cheaper is better. And, uh, you know, we as consumers pay for that because there is an increase in fire safety. Our, our guest this morning is Chief Jeff List of the McKeesport Fire Department. Chief, since you brought it up, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask. Uh, there have been a couple of fatal fires in the McKeesport area recently. There was one in Versailles at the end of last year. Um, the one that everyone's been talking about, of course, is the one that happened in the, the 10th Ward section of the city uh, where six people unfortunately died. And I'm also thinking about another one on Soul Street last year uh, where a young child died. Um, and in at least two of those fires, I, my understanding is there were no working smoke detectors uh, in the homes. What, what does the city's ordinance say about having – you said where the recommended locations are, but what does the city's ordinance say about having smoke detectors, at least in a rental property? Yeah, even in a rental property, it's the same as any residential house. Okay. Uh, you know, whether it be rental or someone owns the property, it's all identical. It all fi- falls under the International Fire Code. It all states the same that you need to abide by having a smoke detector in each level of the home. So basement, first, second, third floor, if needed, whatever the uh, uh, occupancy is. And then you need to have one in each bedroom. You know, and that's very important. And that may sound like a lot of smoke detectors, but it's been proven that you know more is better. Uh, that early warning, you cannot uh, – there's no uh, replacement for that. You need that early warning to notify you to get out of the house. And, uh, you know, we, we even teach the kids in the elementary school when we're doing fire prevention. You hear that smoke detector go out. You get out of the house and you stay out. You don't go back in for toys or, or anything. You know, you get out of the house and how important that is. And, and it's just as important for adults. You hear that smoke detector go off. You know, it's important to get out of the house. And, and what you'll find is, you know, and it's not uncommon. You're cooking, the smoke detector goes off. Well, every time I cook, the smoke detector goes yeah. off. So, you know, folks will take the battery out. And now you just jeopardize your safety by taking the battery out of the smoke detector. Maybe you should look to see where that smoke detector is placed. Maybe it's not in the best location, so you're not disabling it. But put it somewhere else where it's still going to do its job but not go off when you're cooking. I I actually, uh, after one of those fires, I went to, I don't know if I should mention the store name, but it's a well-known in McKeesport electrical supply store in McKeesport on Walnut Street. That doesn't doesn't narrow it down too much, does it? Uh, No, no, not at all. I, I, I bought... You know, three new smoke detectors for, I think, $6 each. Um, they're very inexpensive now. And, and the new smoke detectors, too, they have a cooking button that temporarily silences them if you're cooking. So Yeah, you can hush them. and then and That's a hush system. Other, that's it. Yeah. yeah, you can actually buy wireless interconnected smoke detectors, which are even better. Not required by code, but it's something that, say, something goes off in the basement, uh, the smoke detector, and you may be hard of hearing or it's just, you know, it's a distance away, doors are shut and you didn't hear it. 
you can actually buy wireless interconnected smoke detectors that not just that one will activate that's exposed to the, the smoke, but it will actually activate all the ones that are connected via Wi-Fi or uh, mm-hmm. wireless yeah. signal, and they'll all activate, which will even give you more of a warning. So there's lots of options out there, and definitely take advantage of it. What about these carbon monoxide detectors? Uh, are, are those worthwhile, and where should people put those? Absolutely. Now it's the time of year where you know everyone's house, their homes are buttoned up because of the cold weather, yep. and now we get more CO calls versus any time of the year. Uh, carbon carbon monoxide detectors, there's a couple of different designs. Some are floor-based that you just plug into an outlet, but there are, are some that are designed like combination that they're smoke and CO detectors that they're, they're actually designed to mount on the ceiling. So uh, when you buy them, we definitely recommend them. Uh, the new code actually requires that you have CO detectors, but make sure you put it in the right place. Uh, it will make a difference. It's just uh, early warning. Uh, carbon monoxide, most often you're going to find that people become sick or succumb to it is during the evening. Uh, ah. it, it generates, well, first of all, carbon monoxide, if you don't know, is colorless and odorless. So, and it's, it's, it's whenever something is burning. So it can come from a gas stove. It can come from a gas furnace. And anything that combusts and gives off comes from a fireplace. That's right. Anything yeah. that gives off combustion and what it's caused by is incomplete combustion. Okay. So it's uh, it's not vented properly. The flu is uh, clogged or cracked, and you have those exhaust fumes coming back into the house. Uh, you can even have it to where uh, if the flu is, you have it cracked into it, you may even have a very windy day where it would push those fumes back into the house. Uh. Which, that happened before. But, uh, you know, it's colorless, odorless, and you'll get symptoms feeling like the flu. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen is if those levels continue to increase over a period of time, you can't succumb to it. And what will happen is most times people is at night. They don't have that carbon monoxide detector, and uh, they don't notice those symptoms. And, uh, you know, you can pass away from it. It's, it's definitely something serious. And uh, they're not as inexpensive as smoke detectors, but, again, money well spent. But they're, but they're still around, probably around $20. And, and in some cases, I'm, in some cases, I know smoke detectors are given away for free. Do you know if there's any kind of program for, for carbon monoxide like that? Uh, carbon monoxide, no. But we do have a um, within the city uh, the Red Cross is providing free smoke detectors to uh, oh. residents of the city. And, again, call that number, 412-675-5021, an emergency number for the uh, fire station on Lyle Boulevard, the public safety building. Uh-huh. And they can sign you up and get smoke, free smoke detectors to you. What about uh, a fire extinguisher? Is there usefulness in having one of those ABC uh, fire extinguishers maybe near your yeah, kitchen? Definitely. I mean, if you have a, a small dry chem extinguisher that uh, puts like a uh, baking powder uh-huh. in, in a smother of fire, uh, definitely. I mean, it's it's not something that's required by code in a residence, but uh, you'll find nine out of ten kitchen fires can be put out by, if you're cooking, have a lid nearby. If you get a grease fire that's in a pot, if you put that lid on it, it'll smother it and put the fire out. But extinguishers, definitely, it's an added layer of precaution or safety, and uh, it's definitely a good idea. But it's not, re- it's not required by code. But call the fire department first. 911 Don't, don't every wait time. to try to do it yourself first. Excellent. Yep, that's it. Well, if you've got a kitchen fire, if you've got a pot that's starting to smolder and you can see the grease catching on fire, if you can throw a lid on it, by all means, do that. But get out of the house and call 911 after you do that because just because you put that lid on it, doesn't mean you still don't have the heated gases and uh, what's required to basically when you put the lid on, you're taking the oxygen away from the fire. So if you take that lid back off, there's a very good chance it's going to catch right back on fire and might even be bigger. 
So once you put the lid on, call 911. We'll come out. I mean, there's no charge. That's our job. Come out and make sure everything's safe, and uh, we can address it if needed. We're talking with Jeff List. He's the new chief of the McKeesport Fire Department, the non-emergency number for questions. Uh, If you live in the city of McKeesport and you have a fire safety question, the non-emergency number, 412-675-5021. Obviously, if you have an emergency, call 911. When we come back, Chief, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the training process for a firefighter, okay? Sounds good. Let's take another quick 30-second break, and we'll be back. Back with more here on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. And we're back on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com with Jeff List, the chief of the McKeesport Fire Department. He was appointed on January 1st after you said 16 years with the McKeesport Department? That's right. Uh, You, as you mentioned at the top of the program, you kind of backed into a career in the fire service. Uh, You weren't actually looking for a career in the fire service and found one when you went into the Marine Corps. If someone, however, is interested in the fire service, either as a full-time career or as a part-time volunteer with a volunteer department, what should they do? Where where do you start? Well, it varies from city to city as far as requirements and, and what you have to do. I mean, from the city of Pittsburgh, you have to be a resident prior to applying, and you need no firefighting experience. You get uh, Once you take the civil service exam, you score high enough, and they offer you a position, they actually send you through the fire academy. Uh, for us at the city of McKeesport, being a smaller department without an actual fire academy, uh, what we require is you be 21 years of age, have at least firefighting one, which is a, um, not a basic level, but a uh, a uh, firefighting certification that you receive through um, layers of uh, training. And you can get that from where, from the uh, community college, either the WCCC or Community College of Allegheny County? You can get that from the, the fire academy out in North Park. Oh, okay, okay. They actually, and if you volunteer in the local department, uh, they'll actually put those classes on in-house sometimes if they have enough people that are interested. So you, you take that course, you get the firefighter one, which there's prerequisites to it, uh, uh, there's hazardous material, and there's some other requirements, the first aid that you need to have before you can actually apply for this. Essentials of firefighting would be another one, basic firefighting skills. And uh, some of the classes are pretty time-consuming. Uh, firefighter 1, you take the class, and you pretty much uh, you challenge the test to see that you're uh, capable of performing the job and that you know the, uh, you're knowledgeable about the position. Um, so with McKee's Board, they have those prerequisites, including hazardous material, and then uh, when we hire, how we do it now within the city, uh, we have the 21 full-time guys and 10 part-time. Okay. So if someone retires or they want to hire someone full-time within the department, it's based on seniority from those part-time firefighters. So basically the next test we put on would be for additional part-time firefighters, which we're currently uh, we're two firefighters short. So that test should be coming around sometime in the near future. Okay. But uh, you put your application in, you take the civil service test, and you actually put an application in for a part-time position within the fire department. And then you work your way through the ranks to a full-time firefighter. Jeff List is our guest this morning. He's the new chief of the McKeesport Fire Department. Um, And obviously, if they live in one of the surrounding communities where they rely mostly on volunteer firefighters, North Huntington, White Oak, West Mifflin, wherever, um, call your local fire station or or stop down and 
say hello, I guess. Yeah, and I tell you, there's volunteer departments. We work with quite a few of them in the area with uh, McKeese or um, White Oak and Glassport to vote for sure. View for sales. You know, there's there's a big brotherhood there that, you know, if we have a large incident, we need their resources, and they do the same with, uh, you know, if they have an incident where they need help, we're always there to help each other out. And, uh, you know, those guys are always looking for people, always looking for someone who's physically able to do the job that has the time to put in the training because there's a significant amount of time that it takes to knock out these qualifications to become an interior firefighter, and that's what they're always constantly looking for. So, uh, yeah, it varies a little bit from paid to volunteer, but, uh, you know, training is the most important part of it. You guys do river rescue too, do you not? We do. We have a river rescue uh, crew, basically the guys on duty. If we get anything on the river, uh, whether it be a distressed boat by the dam or locks or uh, anyone distressed, swimmers, wherever the case might be, the guys on duty from the number one station uh, in Laos, they'll respond right down to the boat that we have docked uh, during the summertime, you know, spring, summer, and fall. When the, the yacht starts to freeze, obviously we'll pull that boat out and we store yeah. it out at Station 2 in Renzi Park. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, those guys are first on the boat and they're on the water ready to go and respond to any call. And, and that's not just in the city of McKeesport. That's all the way from the Braddock Lock and Dam. And uh, how far down do you guys go? Uh, pretty much lock the lock and as okay. far up to the far up the yacht that we can uh, respond because of uh, water depth. Okay, so from Elizabeth to Braddock, uh, McKeesport River Rescue is available. That's right. And then if there's mutual aid, uh, they need something below, like in Homestead or somewhere uh, you know, beyond our jurisdiction. Definitely, we're there to help, too. We, we have a final few minutes. Um, I, I think it's been clear, but for people who maybe are just tuning in, the McKeesport Fire Department is a, is a paid fire department. Why is that important in a town like McKeesport? And what comes to mind for me is you have a lot of older buildings, and a lot of them are very close together. Well, and it, and it does. It, it comes to the vicinity of the homes and the way they were built. I mean, a lot of them are wood frame uh, construction, so it goes back to the response time. You know, a fire that we get in the city that we can contain to a room or contents, uh, fire that we call them, uh, might be a larger fire somewhere else because, you, you know, the volunteers do a great job. Mm-hmm. And, but they're responding from their home, sure. going to the department, getting their equipment, and then responding from that piece of equipment out to the, uh, the call where we're here 365. We're here, you know, every day of the year. And as soon as that call comes in, we're on the road and we're, you know, we're equipped to do the job. But that's, that's a big part of it. And, you know, and there's pros and cons with having an older city like we have. You know, we have a lot of the areas where these houses, they are, and, and it's throughout the Mon Valley. The houses are stacked on top of each other. You know, you can pretty much touch two houses at the same time yeah. when you walk between them. And, you know, these homes were built in a time where people were lucky to have one car, if any. And now everyone has two, three cars. So They're parked on the street. I'm sorry? And they're parked on the street sometimes. They're parking on the street, obviously. Yeah. And then when we're responding to calls, the trucks are still the same size, if not bigger than they were, you know, 40, 50 years ago. And it's tight getting up some of those streets, especially now you add the uh, inclement weather to it. Uh, it makes a challenge to, uh, to respond to some of the calls. So that's one of the other things is, you know, trying to keep those roadways clear uh, with parking, you know, not double parking or, hey, I'm just running in the house for a minute. Because you never know when we have to access those roads. You, you also have some high-rise buildings in the city of McKeesport as well. That's, that's right. And, and the high-rises, you know, it just increases everything. The number of uh, manpower you need, the equipment. I mean, you catch something at any of the high-rises on the sixth, seventh floor. Now you're going to get all that equipment up to the fire, not just fighting the fire, but just it's attached just to get the equipment needed to get up to that fire. 
and fight it. So it definitely makes the job more challenging, and it's just another aspect of the job that a lot of departments have to deal with. Our guest this morning has been Jeff List. He is the new chief of the McKeesport Fire Department. Any final thoughts, anything I haven't asked you about that uh, you want to do a th- little 30-second commercial here for the fire department? Well, I tell you, I couldn't be prouder of the chief for McKeesport Fire Department. We have a great group of firefighters that are well-experienced. They're great uh, guys that contribute to the city every day. But, uh, you know, if you have an emergency, please do not hesitate. Call 911. That's what we're there to do is to help and resolve those problems you might be having, whether it be a fire, CO, a gas leak, whatever the call is. 911 the definite first thing you want to do. And, uh, you know, also don't forget about that smoke detector program. It's currently going on. It's through the Red Cross. I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be going on. But so take advantage of it while it's available. And that's it. 5021 Call down the station. We'll order the detectors and uh, get the paperwork to you, and we'll install them. Our guest this morning has been Jeff List. He's a veteran firefighter in the city of McKeesport, and since January 1st, he is the new chief of the city of McKeesport Fire Department. Chief, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Jason, thanks for your time. It's been a privilege. And thank you for listening to Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright 2015, Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated or WEDO Radio 810 Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline.